Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Eddie Quinones. And I am Mike Humes, a.k.a. Big Money Mike. And welcome, everyone, to the inaugural episode of the Best Player Wins Fantasy Basketball Edition. Uh, This has been in the works probably for a year now, uh, trying to figure out how we want to do this and who wants who wants to host. And and uh, Michael joined on board and he was completely down to hop on and host with me. So I appreciate you for joining. Yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, I mean, I've definitely had a fair share of podcasts with the best player wins, whether that's through football, baseball. And I, you know, I always enjoy it. And it's going to be really cool now to be a weekly podcast with you and you know, kind of try to help everybody learn a little bit more about basketball because I think even me and you are still learning as we go. But yes, it's definitely a cool platform. Uh, I really enjoy it. So definitely excited for the season. Oh, yeah. And the whole process of learning basketball, I think basketball is new to, to most of the people uh, in the league. If not, it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we paid a, a passively some attention to. Um but as the years kind of come now, kind of want to get a little bit more of a deep dive into it, get an understanding for fantasy basketball. Um, And that's why, you know, I posted out those rankings before the draft uh, just to give everybody a little bit of a, of a help coming into this year. Uh, Not sure if I'm going to do it again next year. We'll see kind of what the, uh, what the consensus is on that with everybody else on in the league. And if they liked it, it's something that I can maybe do every year, you know, post out Eddie's top, 100 players, three, 300, whatever the case is, um, and go from there. So, yeah, yeah, definitely excited. Oh, yeah. So, moving in, starting off with our, our, our top here, we're going to go into uh, kind of some of our main content and it's uh, draft recap. So, we're going to kind of go through and take you guys, you know, who we thought our best value pick was, who our worst value pick was, and then our top three teams um, coming out of the draft and kind of who we like coming out of it. So starting off at the very top, I'll actually pass this over to you. Who do you have as your best value draft pick this year? Yeah, I would say considering, you know, there's so many pre-draft rankings when it came to point cards. And I think the consensus guys at the top, you know, were the guys like Steph Curry, um, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. There was one guy in particular, though, that was in that second tier, and it was De'Aaron Fox. And I'm... He's my pick for best value pick. He is on my team, but I think, you know, he's young. He's going to get a lot of opportunity to score. Um, and in the fourth round for that price, considering he was probably maybe at the top of that second tier level of point guards, I thought it was a really, really good value. Um, we see it a few point guards like Lamella Ball get drafted before him. Russell Westbrook, who brand new team. Westbrook being the third guy now in LA where Fox, he is the guy in Sacramento. Um, I I would say he would be my pick for best value for sure. Yeah. I, and I mean, I respect it. Uh, he, where you got him at is a very good spot for him there. Uh, obviously there's some players in that organization that are kind of question marks in terms of, are they going to come back? Are they going to resign? You know, we've had some, some contract issues with some players there. I think Bagley being the biggest issue there, I know that they stopped talking about his contract. So mm. Fox is probably in line to really step into that role for them and, and and lead them very well. So we could see it happen this year, and I think that's a really good value pick for you. Um, mine, 
was Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, he was actually taken, I believe, let me look back at it because I didn't have it down, the seventh round um, by Caddy Womble. Uh, seventh round for Valanciunas. He coming into the year, I had him ranked as one of my higher centers. Uh, and with the format of this league, how it is this year, you know, some centers flew off the board pretty early and a lot of players who were center eligible flew off uh, pretty early. So I think to get Valanciunas in the seventh round is a steal and it's really good. And I know that around that point in time is when I was looking at picking up an additional center within that draft and, Valanchunas was taken, and I thought it was a really good value pick. Uh, he's the main guy there. Now he's with New Orleans, Zion being out. Some of that offense is running through him, um, so he's going to have a lot of really good opportunities there. So that is my value pick. All right? Yeah, I would definitely agree. I'm just going to say real quick, like, just looking at his stats from last season, I mean, he, he's a perennial double-double yeah. averaging guy. And like you mentioned, he is now definitely going to be the guy in New Orleans, at least until, you know, Zion does come mm-hmm. back. But his, his 17.1 points that he had last season, meaning like scoring points, not fantasy points, I can only yeah. see in that possibly get into the 20 range too. So, exactly. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's a really good pick up there in the seventh round. All right, moving next to our worst value draft picks. Uh, I'll go ahead and start this one off because this one hurts a little bit. Uh, not from my team, but it's from a player that I absolutely love, uh, and it's Ben Simmons. It's probably my favorite sixer, which is unfortunate because of the current situation that's happening right now. Um, but he was taken in the fifth round um, by Harlem Heat. One could say that's good, really good value for his ADP. One could say that's bad because he hasn't even touched the court yet. It's not even clear when he's going to touch the court. Um, there's obviously some guys in that fifth round range that could be paying value right now. Um, but as for what it looks right now, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to touch the court anytime soon. And it doesn't look even when the, the draft night, you know, not really paying attention to the things that have come up recently, even before the draft or coming up to the draft, it looked like he wasn't even going to play for the Sixers at all this year. Um, and that situation obviously has is, is gotten a little bit worse, but at the same time, a little bit better. You know, they had a meeting with Ben Simmons. Uh, he met with the team. He talked to Joel a couple of days ago. So it seems to be clearing up a little bit, but at the time of the draft, I think in terms of value at that point in time, his future just being so uncertain, I had that as my worst uh, value pick. Who do you have? I have Terry Rozier in the seventh round. Um, I just think with the mellow ball manning that backcourt, um, I don't know how much opportunity Rozier is going to have with the ball in his hands. And he's proven to be a really good shooter with the ball in his hands. But if you're not touching the ball all that much, I really don't know like what role he's going to have in that Charlotte offense. Um I'm looking in the seventh round and he was drafted in the same round as your best um, value player, um, Valachunas in the seventh round. And, you know, you had Draymond Green, Kyle Lowry, Malcolm Brogdon, all these guys can be ones and twos on their team where Rogier, he might be, but it's LaMelo ball show 1000%. So I don't really know what his role is going to be there. Um, You can even look in the eighth round that, Andre Drummond, Kem- Kemba Walker, Jeremiah Grant, and, you know, the hot rookie, Kate Cunningham, all in the eighth round. Even Norman Powell, who was having a really big season 
towards the back half of last year, all those guys I would have taken over Terry Rozier. And we'll see. I mean, right now, who knows? Rozier's been a streaky shooter his whole career. So, but as of right now, he'd be my pick. I mean, you bring up a really good point in terms of that entire offense and the way that it's built. You know, that that offense is running through one man and one man only. Uh, mm. And it is LaMelo. Uh, it's just plain and simple. You know, Rozier's not going to have much time to really touch the ball there. Um, and even if he does, most plays are probably going to be designed to LaMelo. Uh, so I, I can't really see him scoring very high this year. Um, so I agree. I, I, do, I do like that take right there. All right. Moving on down to our next topic. Uh, it's ranking our top three teams coming out of the draft. That is not including any performances right now from any teams. That is just the top three teams coming out of the draft that we looked at and we were thinking, okay, you know, these teams have a, have a really good shot at, you know, going all the way or some of our favorite teams. So I'll let you go ahead and kick it off with your top three teams coming out of the draft. Yeah, I would say right now my number one team and, uh, you know, of course this is all health depending, which I did factor into that with one team, but I would say the top team would have to be the return champs and Nick and Nate right now. Um, that's just because they're the second team I'll mention here in a second, but this team's just healthier and it's got more options. Kevin Durant. I mean, if he, if he can stay healthy all season, he's arguably the best player in basketball. Um, and he's playing the small forward position where there's maybe five guys that are really, really good. And the rest are, you know, just, just guys, just names really. So having the top uh, small forwards really big. Bradley Beal, who had a monster season last year, really took into his own as a potential top 20 player. Um, that's a really good piece. Joyce Randall again, who – He's looking like he is a top five guy in his position at uh, power forward. Brandon Ingram, I, DeMar DeRozan, it, it's a really good team. It's it's heavy in certain positions, and they do have Ben Simmons where they can just stay patient with him and see what happens while they have uh, Malcolm Brogdon there, John Wall as well. So they would be my top team right now. Um, definitely curious to see how that team pans out which the second team leading into it, I've got you, Eddie. Um, I think having um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's a really good combination. I mean, they are going to be the bell cows in Boston. They're going to score. They're going to get the points, rebounds, assists. Tatum and himself, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I can't argue the numbers. He's a really great basketball player. And Bede, who can just – have these monster, monster games um, at any given moment. Um, that's a really good piece. R.J. Barrett, Andre Drummond as well. I really like that you did draft Drummond, considering you do have Embiid. Um, it's almost like a handcuff center in a sense. And yes. what better handcuff can you get than Andre Drummond? So I definitely agree. But the two big pieces that I'm seeing that I think everybody's going to see, and I know you're going to be anticipating it all year, is Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving. Um, Clay's definitely going to be coming back at some point, you know, whether that's after Christmas or maybe just a little after. Mm -hmm. Kyrie is definitely going to be the big question mark, but if both of those guys come in, your starting lineup is going to be completely stacked. Yeah. That's, that's uh, going to be really tough to beat. 
something I was shooting for. Uh, I knew that giving up some of those depth pieces, uh, at least until Christmas, was something that I was willing to do. I was really confident in the top portion of my lineup to really be able to to hold and sustain a solid team come that point. So it's a risk that I took taking those two guys, but I, I really do. Like I said, I really like those two pieces there. So, Yeah, I agree. And I didn't even mention John Morant, who I think he's really coming into his own. I uh, proved it last year. And so far this season, he's been on fire. I think what's I'm not exactly sure what his current ranking is, but I know he's in the top three, at least in point guard. Yeah, in terms of point guards, I think he's number two right now. Okay. But, yeah, I really – yeah, I definitely really like your team. Got good depth, and you got two all-stars just waiting to potentially join that team. So, And then my last team, it's tough because I think those two teams I mentioned are definitely the top two. Um, But I am going to go with myself on the third team, and a lot of that comes down to my first four picks that I had. Uh, Giannis, who just won the NBA Finals, looking like he's going to be – this might be his NBA league to lose now, just considering now he's got that confidence factor and now he has a ring. So are we going to see Giannis take even another big step? So really curious. Um, LeBron, we all know what LeBron can be, point guard, shooting guard, small forward. That's Those are really big pieces to have, and – of course, I'm biased. I'm a huge LeBron fan. So, yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell, again, really good guard. Um, if he can start playing like he normally does in the playoffs, you know, into the regular season, I don't see why he can't be a top five shooting guard. And then the other guy I mentioned, De'Aaron Fox, uh, he does only have the point guard eligibility, which can be a little tricky, but it's really not a huge deal to me. So, Really curious to see. And then some good, like, secondary guys like John Collins, who's really underrated, I think. Jonathan Allen, who's – or, excuse me, Jared Allen, who's – we all know that I got ripped on last season. So, I figured, hey, you know what, why not draft him and not have mm-hmm. to worry about trading for him. Spencer Din- Dinwiddie, who's now going to be the point guard for Washington, having Bradley Beal as well. So, I think Dinwiddie's going to – really come into his own this season and uh, perform at a pretty good level as well. Um, my bench, I'm not crazy about, but there's some, a few guys that are good, you know, good potential guys. Darius Garland, Jalen Suggs, Karis LeVert, whenever he comes off from injury. So I would have to go with my team, but I'm not exactly too thrilled with my bench at the moment. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I like that a good top three there all right so i'll go ahead and uh move on to mine uh so i'll start off at uh at number three i think the the third best team coming out of this draft i had it in the year um really between a couple people um it was a little bit of a tough decision to make i, I do think that uh cody womple had a really solid team coming out of the draft. He, he had Luca, Lamelo, uh, McCullum, Paul George, Middleton, uh, Valanciunas, Bledsoe, Markinen, uh, and then a couple guys on his bench that are some pretty decent pieces. You know, he had Wiseman, Cade Cunningham, who's supposedly supposed to be coming back within the next couple of weeks. 
um, DeAndre Hunter and Jordan Clarkson, uh, some of the, the, the notable ones on his bench. It's a solid team coming out of the draft. Um, and Scott, I think, did pretty decent. I, I know after the draft, I'm pretty sure he sent a message and he said that it was the worst draft he's ever had. He says that in every league he's in. Um, right. Football league, he said it, and he's number one right now in that league. <laughs> so I don't trust the word coming out of his mouth after the draft. Um, no, you can't. He, exactly. Like you said, he says that <laughs> all the time, and, he, and he's always up in the top three standings in pretty exactly. much every single league. So um, another another person that I had pretty close to that was Harden in the paint. Um, you know, James Harden, Anthony Edwards, Russell Westbrook, Evan Fournier, um, Christian Wood. I'm sorry, something just uh, moved around here for me. Christian Wood, uh, Vukovic, D'Angelo Russell. Um, and then some of the, the bench pieces that I, I actually like. It's a couple pieces here that are a little sneaky. Tyrese Maxey is really coming into his own with the Sixers, and I think uh, if Ben Simmons continues to hold out, I think Tyrese is going to take over that piece really well and kind of put up some some valuable fantasy points. Uh, Marcus Smart, probably the man I hate the most in the NBA. He's just a pest. <laughs> Defensively, he's really good. Uh, he's a really good role player that will actually get you some decent points in fantasy. Um so, yeah, the kind of right on the edge of three for me, I think I would probably put Harden in the paint at four and then uh, probably put Scott's team at three. I actually liked his team coming out of the draft. So, And then at two, I had Harlem Heat at the number two spot. I think they drafted a very strong and a really good team. They had a lot of really good picks that they took later in the draft that I think will, will work out really well for them. Um, again, Malcolm Brogdon probably being – my favorite pick of theirs in terms of value. They took him in the seventh round. Um, and with the Patriots right now, I know that he's going to hold a really good role with that offense and he's going to, he's always going to do his thing. Uh, Bradley mm-hmm. Beal. Um, got a couple other guys there. KD is an obvious one. Um, Julius Randle is another one. That was a really good pick. Uh, Ingram is a guy that I was looking at coming into the draft. I loved him last year. He played really well. Obviously I traded for him. Um, they got him there. Uh, they got DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Kuzma, which that Bulls team is exciting to watch. It's a really oh, fun team to watch. Um, I agree. That yeah. that, that, that backcourt, that's intense. So, oh, yeah. It's a fun team to watch. And then, obviously, you know, you have Adams on your bench. They have John Wall, who's out because of contract issues, not really because of anything else. Um, so whenever he finds a home, it's John Wall show wherever he goes. So he's going to put up his points. Um Aaron Gordon, obviously Ben Simmons is a little bit of a questionable one. I think, you know, if he ends up coming back to Philly and he ends up doing his thing, I think he'll be just fine. He'll be averaging the points. I think we all expected him to, um, or if he goes elsewhere, I think he'll still end up doing just as well. Um, obviously a little mm-hmm. bit of a risky pick for them at that point, but I think they knew the risk going into it when they picked him. So I think yeah. they, they have a really strong team. They have a contending team out of the draft, which is sometimes pretty rare at any fantasy sport that you go to. Um, so I really like their team. Um, then at number one, I'm going to pull a Michael here, like Oof. he does in every other sport. And I'm going to put myself at number one here. Um, coming out of the draft, I absolutely loved my team, and I still do. Um, came out of the draft with John Morant, who was a guy that I was on the on the fence about. It was either him or Shy Gilchrist. Um, and I knew that if I didn't draft jaw, I was going to regret it. So, you know, I took mm-hmm. jaw, 
Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were probably the two easiest picks for me in terms of the Celtics literally have nobody outside of them to do anything on that offense. So it's all going to run through them. So they're Mm -hmm. most of the time, both of them are guaranteed at least, I would say 60 to 70 points a game respectively. Uh, Fantasy points. That is not actual scoring points. Um, Then from there, Colin Sexton, uh, Joel Embiid, RJ Barrett. He's been a little disappointing. Uh, Ricky Rubio took Kelly Oubre a little late. Uh, I think last year's draft, I took him out in the, like, the third or fourth round. Um, but he had just come off an insane year the year before that. So I really thought, okay, you know, I think, I think he's going to, he's going to do really well last year. Absolutely did it. It was probably the worst pick of the entire draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually it is, it was the worst pick of the entire draft. I'm pretty sure you traded him to me last season. Yes, I did. And I'm like, this is disappointing. Ubre was the worst draft pick I think I've ever had last mm-hmm. year. Uh, I think this year at the value where he's at, I think it was a pretty decent pick. Not too bad. Um, and then again, on my bench, uh, I've got uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, another bad draft for me, Thaddeus Young. I'm not a big fan of him, but I just needed center. Some depth, just not the guy. Uh, Keldon Johnson, he dropped pretty late. I, I figured I might as well take him. And then Buddy Heald is a guy who I'm excited about. I think uh, he has a chance to do really well in Sacramento. Um, and then obviously the, the three pieces on my IL, my IL spots. I've got uh, Dylan Brooks, who made it to waivers after the draft was over, just because he's going to be out for a couple weeks. He should be back sometime soon. Uh, Clay Thompson coming back roughly around Christmas. And then Kyrie Irving, a gigantic question mark. Nobody knows if he's even going to play this year. But where I drafted him at, I figured, eh, might as well. So, yep. That, uh, that's my top three rankings. Again, I'll go over it again. Harden the paint at uh, four, Scott's team at three, um, Nate and Nick's team at two, and then myself at one. Yeah, I, just to repeat mine, I got myself in third. And you know what? I didn't put my team at first, so I was being a little bit humble towards this time. <laughs> Give it a few weeks and we'll see. But... Yeah, you'll be you'll, in two weeks, you'll be like, yeah, I got the best team in this league. <laughs> But uh, no, myself at third, you, Eddie, at two, and Nick and Nate at one. So pretty close top three. Yeah. Not too far off. I think I think we're in a mutual agreement of the top two teams. Yeah, I think it's, sure. it's one of those things. It, you know, you also have to look at it. You know how many matchups we're going to get per week. That really makes a big difference in terms of scoring, of who you know who's going to score a lot, who's not. Strategically, you know, there's just got to look at those things there, so. Overall, though, not uh, mm-hmm. not too shabby. So that was our draft recap. Uh, I would love to hear what everyone has to say in the group chat, you know, kind of give your your debates or your answers, who you think your top three are, and go from there. I know I'm never going to hear the end of it with uh, Nick and Nate about mm-hmm. putting myself over them right now. We actually play no, each other. This, we actually play each other this week. So my team better pull out because if – they don't pull out this W. Uh, I am not going to hear about it till next year. So, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Going into our week one recap. So, obviously, we did play this upcoming week. Um, and this year, we're doing something a little bit different. We actually have a league median this year, um, which pretty much means for those of you who might not know, we have 10 teams. Our top five teams get an additional win for the week so if they score 
within the top five. So they're the top five highest scores for the week. They get an additional win. So they could either be two and zero or one and one at the end of the week. Our bottom five teams get an additional loss since they scored the bottom five in points, and then they can end up finishing the week at one and one or zero and two. Uh, adds a little bit of more diversity into our rankings, um, and it makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit more competitive, because um, not only do you have to win every week, but you have to roster a good enough lineup to score within the top five every single week. Um, mm-hmm. You can get lucky with this type of uh, win-loss system that we have, but it's highly unlikely that a lucky team will make the playoffs just because of how strict it can be. So uh, with that being said, I'll go ahead and go over our top three in standings, and then I'll go ahead and do a we'll go ahead and do a quick recap of some of our top performers and then our best single game performances for the week. Um, so starting off at the top, we have Harlem Heat putting up 1,525 points uh, throughout the entire week. Uh, they are uh, 2-0. and They won the league median and their matchup. Next, we have Hard in the Paint. They put up 1,373 points, uh, and they are currently 2-0. and And then at number three is myself, uh, Taysom Mania, with 1,352 points, and we are also currently 2-0. and All right. So take it over to our top performers uh, per position this week. So starting off at the very top uh, at point guard, uh, who did we have up there, Michael? We had Steph Curry, the man, babyface assassin. Yes. He uh, absolutely killed it this week. He had four games. He scored 353 points. And his first two games of the year, he scored over 100 points. I believe he had 102 and then like 103. Uh, which is absolutely insane to score 100 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, crazy. All right, number two, we had a shooting guard in Zach Levine. Um, Obviously not as close to Steph Curry. He had 247 points through a total of four games. Same amount of games, obviously, Steph had about 100 points on him. But in terms of shooting guards, I think Zach Levine – had the best week last week out of anyone. Um, and I think he did really, really, really well. I would also add, too, that I, I think Zach Levine's going to be in this position as a top sh- shooting guard all season mm-hmm. long. I think with the addition of Lonzo Ball, it's only going to – and, and um, DeMar DeRozan, I think it's yeah. only going to propel Levine's numbers all that much more. So I, I definitely think we're going to be seeing him in this spot multiple weeks into the season. I think he's just going to have a lot more space out there on the court to really do what he wants to do. Um, And I think it's going to help him out tremendously. I I think he, Mm -hmm. he has a chance to, to get into, I wouldn't say a similar category as this next player that we're about to mention, but you know, right underneath it, a guy, you know, when he has his space, he's going to do his thing. And that's uh, our best small forward for the week is KD put up 364 points in four games. Um, I think he was the highest scorer of the week in general across any position um Mm -hmm. he did very 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 well um and again i think kd has that spacing obviously he's an insane playmaker so he can really do whatever he wants even if he didn't have all that spacing um but i think zach levine has a chance with that spacing on the court to really put himself somewhere close to up there but not really all the way up there because kd's kind of in his own league so all right who do we have next that are power forward I believe it's Anthony Davis. I'm pretty sure. Yes. 
Anthony Davis. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he definitely has that potential to be the top power forward, no question about it. And I think as long as he does stay healthy, which is always a huge question mark with AD, um, there's no reason that he can't finish as a top three. I think his floor is definitely a top three power forward, and his ceiling, of course, is what he put up this week. I mean, right now he's, you know, he's averaging 82, almost 83 points a game. Um, he's making his field goals, 26.3, uh, you know, real-time points, averaging a double-double, 3.3 blocks. I mean, this is the Anthony Davis that is a top-five player, and he's performing like that, so – bearing any injury i don't see why he won't be just like zach levine always in this position at least for multiple weeks Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think uh if he stays healthy he's easily a top five top three player in the league just in general um yeah so i think if he stays healthy he he could definitely be a, a force to be reckoned with all year um and then finally our last guy here is Jokic. The Joker put up 325.50 points through four games. Um, think by far the best center of the week in terms of performance. I think he did really well. And I mean, that's what we're going to expect of him. Um, it's to just put up those great performances. So, yeah, it's always good to see your, you know, the first overall player performing the, you know, the way that he is. I, exactly. Jokic definitely doesn't get the respect I think he deserves. I mean, yes, he did finally get an MVP, but I think he's still, like, he's never going to be in that discussion of Durant, LeBron, um, Curry. And I think it's, yeah. t- and Giannis too, I think it's time to put some respect on Jokic's name for sure. I agree. I, I think he's he's definitely really solid. I think you know there's certain pieces to his game that I think a lot of people feel are, are missing for him to really get to that that conversation of some of those really mm-hmm. big guys. Um, but we'll see. I think he has a chance to really prove himself this year again and, and go for back to back MVPs. Uh, there are some big hitters out there though this uh, this year, so we'll see if he can uh, he can run it back. Mm-hmm. All right, going to our best single game performances. Uh, we did any player here, you know, and I left this up to interpretation. You know, what players stood out to us um, to have really good performances this past week that are that we thought were the best. Um, and I'll go ahead and start off. I got KD um, triple double. He had it on October the twenty second. He had twenty nine points, fifteen rebounds, and twelve assists for a whopping one hundred and thirty fantasy points uh high scoring week by any player um and just a great great stat line for him to have there um, and i i do have a, a an honorable mention here um but i'll go ahead and let you list yours off first and then i'll go ahead with yeah. my honorable mention. i'm gonna guess that your honorable mention is the guy that i'm gonna pick um you know it would have been easy to pick the rant just because you know he did um have the most single like highest point out of any player, but Steph Curry's game on October 21st against the Clippers was insane. 45 real-time, excuse me, 102 fantasy points, 45 real-time points, and not 10 assists, 10 rebounds with one assist, one steal, one block. That was just, that was prime time Steph Curry. And I'm just... 
I love and hate the man because I'm a LeBron fan and I had to deal with Curry for three years of just absolutely hating him, you know, due to the finals. But it's looking like Curry is in prime time form right now. And I can only see it getting better with the addition of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Um, they also have uh, Andrew Wiggins, too. So that game to me just shows that we are in for a potential Steph Curry MVP season, and it wouldn't be totally surprising if they somehow make a way back to the NBA Finals. I agree. I think them getting Clay back at the at the Christmas break and, and coming around that bend towards the end of the year helps them out a lot because it, it kind of lifts a little bit of a load from Steph Curry, uh, mm-hmm. which is really good. So, And my honorable mention actually wasn't Steph Curry. It was actually Jalen Brown who put up an impressive 46 points, nine rebounds, and six assists for a total of 116 fantasy points. It was the very first game of the season. Uh, I think this game here went to double overtime, so he obviously had a little bit of extra time to put on some points and stuff. But overall, I mean, he was lights out in that game. He made eight three-pointers that game, um, and it was just a, a really impressive showing by him. So that was my honorable mention. All right. With that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to our week two matchup preview. Uh, starting off at the very top, who do you have as your best matchup for the week? Oh, it's definitely going to be the top two teams that me and you both have uh, between you and Nick and Nate. Um, like I mentioned, I think these are the two clear top teams right now. Um, I know that the predictions were really close too as well. Um, so I'm definitely really curious to see who comes out on top on there. And if, both of you guys do get the league median. If you do both, I, I no matter I think who loses this matchup, I still would have in that top two range. But, I mean, that can change in my own personal opinion if one team doesn't get the median, but I would definitely think that. But my second honorable mention would be between Jake and Scott. Um, I know that those predictions were really close as well. I think they these two teams are – pretty comparable in terms of just overall talent. Um, Jake having Trey Young, uh, Fred VanVleet, Anthony Davis, Scott, like you mentioned, a few of the guys that he has in Luka, Paul George, McCollum. Um, It's definitely a matchup I'm really curious to see. That would be my second. That would be my honorable mention for sure. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with – and I think you just gave it off as your honorable mention is Jake versus uh, Scott. I think this matchup will be really fun right now. Um, they both have had nine games played so far this week. Um, and it's sitting at Scott at 518 and then at Jake at 558. Um, really close. Uh, it's projected to be finished within about 100 points of each other, pretty close to it. Um, there's a couple players that, you know, are questionable on both sides. Well, on both sides in terms of health, um, biggest one being, you know, Anthony Davis on Jake's team is a game-time decision. Probably still end up playing, but I think this matchup will be really, really, really fun to watch. Um, some high points that are going to be scored this week. You know, some teams have about 34 to 36 games that they can play this week. Um, so we'll probably see some high scoring. We might see a couple teams break 2,000 this week. So I think their matchup will be really fun. And then, of course, I have to have my matchup with uh, Nick and Nate as an honorable mention there. I would say that's definitely the top matchup. I think you're just being too nice to yourself. 
I gotta, I, I gotta spread the love a little bit. A little bit. That's why I put in my honorable mention. But I think whenever both of the preseason top two rankings that we both had, I think it's definitely the clear matchup. But I, I we're definitely on the same boat. So, oh yeah. All right. So moving on from there, go ahead and move on down to some of our matchup predictions and who we predict to come out on top this week. So starting off at the very top, I'll let you go ahead and take this one first. It is Tatumania versus Harlem Heat. Who do you have? Ooh. Right off the bat, I would have to go with Harlem Heat for now. Um, and that's only just because, you know, you're ha- you have two. I don't know exactly what rounds you took Kyrie. And um, Clay Thompson, it was maybe like what rounds eight and nine, maybe something yeah, like that. Yeah, a little bit later in the draft. Yeah, but I think just right now, I think Nick and Nate's team is, you know, they've got more flexibility. They really only have Ben Simmons, who, you know, they wish they could play, but they can't. But Kevin Durant is on fire. Bradley Beal, that's tough to beat. Um, I would have to go with Nick and Nate on that matchup. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually going to agree here for this one. Uh, simply, you know, they have two more games as me this week, um, which is really going to be the difference between me winning and me losing this matchup. Um, you know, those two additional matchups, I think, help them out this week. Right now, we're extremely close. <laughs> Both had eight games, and I'm at 406, and they're at 40650. Um, extremely close, but I think those two additional matchups, I think, will really propel them. And obviously, Joel Embiid has been game time decision slash questionable um, for the past week and a half. So that's something that can go against me again. So I'm going to have to go with them on this one. Hurts a little bit to say that, but it's the truth. All right, moving on down to our next matchup. We have uh, Cody Womble versus Jacob's fine team. Um, this one was a little bit of a tough one for me. Uh, I think they both have really solid lineups coming into the week, but – I think I'm going to go with uh, Scott's team here. I think he's going to come out on top. Who do you have? Whoever, whichever ball brother does better. You know, Scott <laughs> has LaMelo. Jake's got Lonzo. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with Jake on this one because LeBron is dealing with, a, I believe, an ankle injury right now. Mm-hmm. And I think just so that the Lakers don't fall into the standings, I think Davis is going to. I don't think he's going to do any sort of load management or rest. I think he's going to play throughout. And I think he's going to be the bell cow for the Lakers, at least until LeBron does come back. And right, you know, like how we mentioned him being the top uh, power forward right now, that's going to be a really, really big piece for Jake. I know Scott's got Luka, but right now I think Davis is going to be playing at his top five level. And, um, Trey Young as well. I, it's going to be really, really close, but I think I just like Jake's team just a tad more this week. Yeah, I respect it. It's a good, it's a good choice. Either way, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. So, yeah. All right. Next, we have Pacey, your boy, versus mm-hmm. Big Money Mike. Um, this has a chance to probably be the most fun matchup to watch all week. Uh, kind of looking at you guys, obviously projections could only take them so far uh you guys are projected right. to finish really close uh, you both have played eight games and are within about 70 points from each other um obviously you both have some question marks on both sides of your lineup you know you have lebron that's out today um so 
he's going to be lacking a little bit in that department. You're not going to be getting those points. And then on the other side, you have a few players who are game time decisions for tomorrow um, for Pacey. A little bit of a mm. tough one here for me, but I think I'm going to have to go with your team. I think overall the health is a little bit better while LeBron is out and you're missing out on some few points there. You have some guys that will definitely be able to make up that difference. So I'm going to go with you. Yeah, I would have to agree on that. Um, that and I want to revenge against Pacey. He's in a fantasy uh, football league that I'm in and he did beat me. So I don't like losing twice to the same guy, which you clearly know. Speaking of that, I finally beat you. Yeah, bring it up in finally a different league, beat huh? You. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It's hey, it the win. best player wins it. football. So I agree. But anyway, no, I, I agree. I, I look, you know, LeBron not playing for you these games will hurt because he is a big part of my team. But like you mentioned, there's a few guys, Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, hopefully Darren Fox, and uh, you know Jared Allen, who's been performing very well lately. Um, it's going to be extremely, extremely close. And it, I think it's going to take Pacey to have a few of these guys, like you mentioned, that are in game time decision to not play for me to sneak this win. But if they do end up playing, I can definitely see Pacey beating me for sure. But I will pick myself. Yeah. All right. Next in our matchups, we have Kyron versus Harden, the paint. Who do you have here? This is another really tough one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Kyron on this one. Game time. He has been perform or he has been slightly um, disappointing lately. But In every that's league. all shooters. Yeah, but that's all shooters. <laughs> I mean, every, uh, wait, are you talking about Kyron? Or I'm talking about Dan Kyron and, and Kyrie, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kyrie. We had to take that shot, but yeah, your your fantasy season's looking a lot gloomy right now, really gloomy. So, but I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, and I think you're gonna win this week. Um, I expect Damian to have a pretty big, at least one or two games this week. Jimmy Butler's, you know, he's Nick, uh, Nick's favorite player, and I think he's gonna have a pretty solid week as well. Um, Shea Gildress. It will be close, but I just like. Kyron's bigger pieces more than Harden and Paint and Zach, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm going to pick Kyron. Yeah. Respect that. It, and yeah, I mean, and I meant to say Damian Lillard, not Kyrie. Uh, Lillard has gotten off mm-hmm. to a pretty slow start. Um, so, not sure. I, I think the biggest difference maker for me is uh, Zach's only got 29 games this upcoming week. Uh, this week right here, and Kyron's got 33 total games. Still projected to finish really close. Um, but I just think those additional four games for Kyron, I think will help propel him uh, towards actually getting uh, getting the win this week. And I don't expect Lillard to put up some disappointing performances anymore. I expect him to come out there and, and ball out how he normally does. So I'm going to go yeah. with Kyron on this one. Yeah, I agree. All right. And next we have... Abby versus catastrophic. Um, probably one of the easier decisions for me this week. Uh, I'm going to have to go with catastrophic. I think he's got a solid team. Uh, they've been performing really, really, really well. And a guy that's been super surprising is DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. Averaging about 70 fantasy points. And he put up 120 points last night. He had 21 points, 12 rebounds, 15 assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, dude was doing everything. Um, yeah. 
So I'm going to have to go with catastrophic here. I don't think Abby has enough firepower this, the remainder of the week with only 29 games to really uh, be able to beat him. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. While Abby does have a few uh, big pieces in Steph Curry, DeAndre Ayton, but right now just, yeah, I mean, Marcus's team, it's just, it's better across the board. He might not have a Steph Curry or a Booker, but overall his roster is very complete right now. And I think that's just going to be too much for Abby to compete with, regardless of having a Steph Curry. Yeah, and I do want to say this. I did have Catastrophic as one of my honorable mentions in that fourth and third spot. Didn't mention it before, but again, you guys can take a look at his lineup. It's, it's a pretty solid squad. So, All right. So with that being said, that's uh, that's our predictions for the week. Uh, we'll see how that goes um, coming into next week, and, and we'll definitely keep track of that. So just to, to hit it over at the top again super quick, I had Harlem Heat catching the dub this week, um, and so did Michael. Next matchup, he had Jake and I had Scott, if I'm not wrong. Uh, following that, we had Pacey versus Mike. I think we both had Mike coming out on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyron versus Harden in the paint. I think we both had Kyron. Again, I think just the lack of games coming in from Zach's side is really what's going to lose it for him. And then tying it off here at the end, we had Abby versus Catastrophic, and then we both had Cat winning that one. Yep. All right, so that wraps up our normal section of the league. We'll go ahead and go to our news and notes section. Just mention a few players, you know, talk about their current situation super quick, our expectations for the year, and then after that, we'll go ahead and close it out. So closing, coming in at the very top here, we have Ben Simmons uh, and the whole saga and the situation going on with him. So obviously some news had come out previously this week that he had met up with some of the team leaders. He met up with doc rivers. He met up with, uh, with Joel and bead. They had conversations. He apologized to the team. Yada, yada, yada. What do you expect out of Ben Simmons in the near future? And by that, I mean, within the next uh, three, four weeks, a uh, month or so. And then what do you expect for him for the remainder of the year? I, it's tough because there's definitely been a lot of news coming out, you know, with what's obviously Ben doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's going to join sooner rather than I think we're in the coming phases of him coming back. I truthfully yeah. do. Um, he's under contract right now, right? He just yes. signed a pretty big contract. Yeah. He's yeah, got four years and about a hundred and something million left. So exactly. So I, I think right now that's going to work against him to get traded. Um, so I think right now he, he he will come out and play in the short term with Philly. In the long term, I think everybody can agree. Nobody really knows. I know there's been talks about Damian Lillard, possibly like a two-way flip with mm-hmm. uh, Simmons and Damian. I'm not really sure if that's going to happen or not. Um, I'm hearing Ben Simmons possibly with somebody like Dallas. But I know Philly wants to win now. And yes. I don't really know what Dallas would give back in return for that to happen. I mean, I would assume Chris Tapps would be in play, but is that going to be enough? Um, I don't really know. I don't think anybody, I don't think, you know, you might know a little bit more than I do, but long-term, not short, short short-term, I would say he'll be back pretty soon. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's sooner than later for him to come back. Obviously, it came out with some news saying mentally he's just not prepared to play um, mm-hmm. and to be on the court. And some really good news that also came out is the fact that the Sixers stopped fining him for missing practices and games, which is something that they were doing before. Um, so obviously something had to have gotten figured out internally um, for them to stop finding him. Um, we'll see. I think he'll be back in a couple of weeks and uh, back on the court. We miss him dearly on the defensive end of the court. Uh, we just can't hold, hold our own on the defense right now. So it's a, it's a little tough um, long-term. I have no clue. I don't really know what the Sixers right. want. I don't know what they're going to do with him. If he comes back and we start winning like we did last year and we have a really good regular season, it's going to be tough to see them move him unless we have another postseason situation where, you know, it's there were situations he was placed in where plays should have been made. Um, obviously, I, I don't think the full blame is on Ben Simmons. It's, he's just the easiest to blame it on. Um mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think his mental space is definitely going to take into have to be taken into huge consideration coming into, you know, what the Sixers are going to want to do with him. So, yeah, I'd say the only way he honestly gets moved this season is if somebody like Damian Lillard is in play. John, I mean, John or, Wall is in play right now. He's, he's a guy John that Wall wants too. to be out. So, and I would even go off to mentioning somebody that we're about to talk about here in a second, but. I'll just wait actually until we talk about him. Yeah. So if you want to bring up that next guy. Yeah. Uh, next player we have is Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, will he get vaccinated anytime soon? And and will he join the Nets or will he get traded? Um, or will he just simply just sit out for the entire season until something gets settled? Uh, it's a really big question. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get it started here and just say, I know that there were talks about Kyrie wanting to retire if he got traded. I know he came out himself with an Instagram live video and said to not believe any of that, that he's not going to retire over a vaccination. Uh, I don't expect him to get vaccinated anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. think it might happen in the future if he really wants to come in and play. Um, but I'm really not sure what it, uh, what his immediate future looks like. How about you? Well, let, real quick. Um, is it NBA requiring every player to get vaccinated or is it just no, the Brooklyn Nets? it's uh Brooklyn Nets in New York. So it's uh, mm, okay. governor That's what of I New York had set some restrictions on events for you to be able to attend an event, something like that. You have to be vaccinated or something yeah. along those lines, but it's a restriction mm-hmm. of New York specifically, not anything. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I would say there's zero chance he's playing for Brooklyn this season. Kyrie, over the years is just he's proven to be I don't want to say the word stubborn but he has his own world that he lives in I, I that's the best way that I can explain it you know he's very to the point of what he wants and if he says that he's not getting vaccinated well then I fully believe that so I think there's no way he's playing for Brooklyn this year um which brings me into the question of Philly and and that's that could possibly be a one trade thing where the 76ers do trade Simmons to Brooklyn for a Kyrie Irving and just do a swap like that. But I think that would take a mutual agreement for both players to do that. I don't really know. Like, yeah. you know, if Kyrie's true to what he says, that if he gets traded, 
Will he retire? I don't I don't know whatever to believe with Kyrie Irving. So um I'm not sure. I don't think he plays for Brooklyn. Do I think he plays at some point this season? Again, I don't really know. I think Brooklyn can be patient because they are a really good team right now without him. I mean, having Durant and Harden by themselves is a really powerful duo. So I don't think it's going to be a while until I think we hear anything about Kyrie. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just a tough situation. I mean, he can technically play at their away games. Like, there's nothing restricting him from doing mm-hmm. that, except yeah. for the Nets. The Nets impose that situation. They said he either okay. plays every game or he doesn't play any game because um, then he only would have played like half the season. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, I do know that that restriction in terms of him not playing any game is a Nets situation. Um, at yeah. least that's what I saw coming out of the news. So, yeah, I think and trade... that's what. Go yeah. ahead. I, I was going to say, I think that just more puts a stamp on what I said. I don't think there's zero chance that he's going to be playing for Brooklyn. So, yeah, it'll be, I'll be surprised if he does come out and get the vaccine. Um, if he does get the vaccine, then obviously he's, he's in the headspace to where he does want to play for Brooklyn, obviously. Um, but yeah. it's going to be tough to make that happen, uh, especially with some of those restrictions. So, all right. Our next and final person is John Wall. Uh, obviously he has chosen to sit out and has had a mutual agreement um, to sit out until they find him a trade partner. Um, you know, is there, is there a place immediately that comes to mind for you uh, with John Wall and where he's going to go or is there just uh, nothing there? I, I definitely think there's going to be a competing team that's going to reach out to him, whether that's somebody like a Brooklyn, a Philly who just needs somebody, you know, in case Ben doesn't come back anytime soon, you know, that'd be a really solid piece to have um, Dallas too. I know Dallas with Luca, Chris Stapps. Having too many guards is not a bad problem to have, I think. And Luca's proven he can play the shooting guard. He can play the three. So put in a true point guard, I think that can only help Luca out even more. Um, I think there's definitely going to be somebody who's going to reach out to him for sure. So, yeah, I agree. Um, there's only so long you can uh... – you can hold a talent like that in John Wall um, before you let him go, whether they buy his contract out um, and then he becomes a, fr- a free agent for literally anyone to pick up. Um, just it's a curious question to ask yeah. just because, you know, there's would, so much uncertainty in the air. I would go on to add too that John Wall, just with all the injuries he's had, you know, throughout his whole career, if there's any time for him to try to get a championship now, it is now because, you know, he's not getting any younger. Um, and, I you know, he's not going to get the market that he would have maybe three, four years ago. Um, so I don't anticipate him sitting out all season long. I think he'll find a way, whether that's through his agents or whomever, to find a new home somewhere. I agree. So that being said, Again, you guys can go ahead, uh, drop some comments there um, in the group chat. You know, let us know what you guys think about these all these situations, about our predictions and everything that we've done so far on this podcast. I want to say thank you 
uh, to Michael for joining me this year with the podcast and, and helping me co-host it and obviously co-managing the league. Um, it's really appreciated. And thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. Definitely excited for the season. Oh, yeah. Well, that being said, go ahead and close it out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast this week. Truly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. See ya.